Our next guest began his hospitality career over 20 years ago as a busboy at a busy nightclub on King Street. His entry into the hospitality industry was just the beginning for him as he played a role in some of Melbourne's most significant tourism and hospitality ventures, including Melbourne pub group, Jayco, The Ugly Duckling, Lobby Coffee, Seven Nightclub and Mitchelton Winery. More recently, our next guest, Andrew Ryan and his team opened Little Prince Wine, making the fir- making it the final installment of the Prince Hotel, a four-year multi-million dollar refurbishment of the St Kilda icon. Today, with doors open and open arms, the Prince remains a cornerstone of St Kilda. So I feel very fortunate to learn the story of the Prince Hotel from Managing Director Andrew Ryan. Welcome, Andrew, to the show. How are you? Good. Thank you very much, Sean. Uh, fantastic to have you on the podcast, mate. Um, so thanks so much for coming on. Um, now, that is a great entry into the hospitality career uh, in this lovely city that we're in. Um, let's delve a bit more into how you actually started out in your career. So, look, I started, I was studying um, advertising at RMIT back in the, the mid-90s. And um, like anything, you either work in a shop or, or a bar or a nightclub and um, remember getting a job at a venue in King Street, which was, um, it was when King Street was really heading downhill. So, there were some, a few interesting sites. So, I was there for a little while and then um, ended up well, snowboard instructing and which was good, and, and then work in retail. And in the end, um, after finishing uni, went to Canada to snowboard for a few months. And, wow. um, and Vernon was a sleepy little town. I tried to get a, a few jobs there at Subway, wanted to be a sandwich artist or even a, a pizza place. But yeah, no one was really hiring, so I ended up just, uh, sounds quite good now, but just literally snowboarding for six months and, yeah. and ended up, uh, um, I think, owing down about three grand and came back and Seek wasn't around then, so it was quite hard trying to find a, a job in the advertising agency. So he said, coming, coming to work some. So I went and started working at RV Parts, which was a, a distribution um, business, which was distributing products and import them, distributing all over Australia, and, and ended up uh, going to some other fields along the way before getting back into hospitality. So, so you were actually working with your dad at that point, is that right? Yeah, when I got back, so um, early 20s, started working um, it's a subsidiary company of Jayco. So I started working there, running a, the distribution business. And, and after a couple of years, I didn't love working in Daddy Dong. Um, I've been working at Jayco on and off since I was six. So it was, a, it was a quite a while, you know, from there counting bolts and that for the store. So it's a good way to learn how to count. Yes. Um, and then ended up, um, from what I learned at the distribution business uh, and my love for snowboarding, I started emailing a few different snowboard and streetwear brands in the US uh, that weren't represented in Australia and then started um, Riders Distribution, which ended up having about 11 or 12 brands sort of under my stable, which I had the rights for in Australia and New Zealand. So um, yeah, did that for, I was about five or six years and had a print design business with my brother-in-law at the time. Um, now it's known as Cassette, which is still a strong business. Um, and it was there for five years. And, and dad for a little while was trying to get me back into, into the fold. And um, just after 2005, I ended up going back into, back into Jayco. Yeah. So what, what sort of drew you back into, into hospitality and coming, you know, coming back into something that um, is now such an exciting business? You know, what was, what was that first pivotal moment? Well, I think, um, look, in the sort of late 90s, um, we owned the Limerick Arms Hotel. So I sort of spent a bit of time there as well. Um, and then whilst at, whilst at Jayco and, and I was an owner of Seven Nightclub, one of our partners, Tom Walker, had started um, 
Well, my father and him had bought a freehold property, the new market in St Kilda. Yes. And they started looking at to do that and, and plans, you know, in council was about four years, five years. And, and then Julian Gurner jumped on board and, and then uh, they acquired the Albert Park. And that was really the start of the Melbourne Pub Group. So um, that's where it really, um, and, and then that merged onto having the Middle Park, which was more defence strategy to the Albert Park. And, right. and then uh, New Market. And with the overhead structure, they did that fourth venue and that's where the, the prints came into it. But so that's more, you know, I guess how I got back into it as a director of the Melbourne Pub Group and, and really, um, I guess it, it brought a lot of passions um, that I had from, um, you know, which I love, architecture, design, you know, graphic design, um, and then I guess with, with people and it really brought it all together. Yeah. So that's in a sense that Melbourne Pub Group really what got me back yeah. into it. So how's, how's it been having a hotel during, you know, this, this crisis, um, especially with your family, you know, involved as well? Like what, what have been the challenges during this time? Um, I mean, people talk about cash flow, but it wasn't really cash flow. It was just cash drainage. Um, really just trying to navigate, um, where you can with either landlords (laughs) trying to renegotiate or what can you get, you know, or, um, and, and for us, it was difficult because we just finally, you know, completed um, that little print, which, which you know, said earlier was the last last piece of the puzzle for for the prints. We literally opened that today before stage four started. So, oh wow, you know, it was, it was I guess, and this is not just hospitality, it's anyone. You know, it was extremely confronting. You know, it's, it's difficult, it's confusing, um, and and also made me really evaluate um, my investments and general position. You know, if you're too much in one industry, you know, not that anyone really saw this coming. But it just shows you you do need to be, if you can, at least be reasonably widespread but, um, across a few different industries. But look, um, yeah, I guess in the end, the fact that we opened the day before lockdown, I got to see where our vision was finally realised, to see how the little prints and made having it all open finally. Um, you know, I, it was exciting because I could really see the future. But then also as I left later that night, you know, it was quite, quite emotional. Um, just to know that we're shutting down and the, you know, how hard everyone's worked and how excited all the staff were and what's gone into it to have to, to shut down for we didn't know how long. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just been such a, such a hard time, especially for Melbourne, you know, publicans, um, especially like it's, it's not like uh, it's not like you had a QSR restaurant or a, or a cafe, like, you know, pubs, are, they need people in venue to actually spend money. Like it's, it's a lot harder, it's been a lot harder for them to stand up, you know, take away kind of outlets during this time. It, I, can, I can't even imagine, you know, the amount of money that you guys have spent um, on this development and then, you know, opening and closing, you know, simultaneously. It must have been just such a hard time for you and the team. Look, and it wasn't, I guess, um, you know, because... Yeah, I was speaking to Shane Euler and, you know, his first position was to shut the doors and then work out their position. I was more trying to keep it open, if, you know, so keep it working. It's, it's not even he knew where it was and what, how he could fund the staff, you know, wages for a certain amount of time. Yes. We tried to do, because we hadn't finished Little Prince just yet, that first round, trying to do takeaway. We weren't really geared up for it. And if you're coming into the, because you couldn't open the public bar, if we came into the hotel lobby, you know, it's, it's not inviting or set up for, um, for, for takeaway and therefore didn't do very well. So we just decided to, to shut the doors. One good thing with, with stage four, little prints, we were able to keep that open. So that was, you know, you take away coffees, um, more of a delicatessen and, and, and wine bar. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's not the same. You know, you're, you're talking um, 10% of your revenue, if yes. not 
even greater. So it's a, yeah, it's certainly a, a humbling time. <laughs> <laughs> totally understand. Um, can we can we step back a bit? I want to understand a bit about why um, yourself and the family decided to do the Prince Hotel and and you know to go down a four year sort of journey. Um, rebuilding this icon in St Kilda and and bringing it back to um, just an amazing, amazing, you know, structure again. Like what was the driver for that to start with? Um, yeah, look, I, I guess, you know, how the prints came around in the first place was as part of the Melbourne pub group. Mm-hmm. We were we had the three pubs, but our overhead structure with staff, we really needed a fourth. Yeah. Um, so and I guess we probably all got a bit excited when, when John... Van Handel had approached Julian and, um, you know, we knew what Circle was like and, mm-hmm. and, and there was an option and he was sort of pushing for us to look at changing the band room into more of a, a gastro pub, which, um, and then when we actually did um, take the business over, you know, there's an article in the age that we're cutting, um, we're cutting live music, but it was actually more of what was proposed. But um, for us, live music so important. But so when we took over the Prince, we soon realised that the Prince isn't the fourth pub through really the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and you know that wasn't in good shape. You know, so there was a lot of work to get that going, and that put a lot of pressure on the business, um, mm. as put a bit of pressure on the group. So that's how we got into the prints, um, and then with Julian departing, maybe well, say uh, 2015, 16, he had uh, taken more ventures in, in Sorrento, um, and then Tom was just, I guess, getting retired, so he he left in 2017. So it was kind of um, I was a director, but at that stage, not as involved over that because I stepped into Mitchelton and we're building a hotel uh, yeah. driving the mine side. That was a depleted business when we took it over in 2011. Uh, um, so that was sort of my, my focus. And then with Tom finishing up, Dad was sort of well, that shit moment. <laughs> and he was like, oh, look, Andrew, can you come and help? So certainly... When I jumped back in, I didn't really realise what I was in for. Uh, <laughs> and, and part of that was getting back in, realising where the business is at um, and looking at who the people are and then going out there and trying to find the right people to, yeah. come, and, uh, to come and work with us and help drive. But look, it was, it was dire. You know, the, the Prince wasn't in a good position. St Kilda wasn't in a good position. Um, it was really trying to work out who, who it was. Uh, so in that, well, I guess, you know, and another statement that often makes is, well, we're pregnant, so we've got to go ahead with the birth and just don't hope it's an ugly bastard. So that's kind of where we were. Um, and I, look, and I have an emotional attachment to the prints. I remember in the early days when the band handles took it over and what they created, and I guess there was always that aspect of, um, you know, I thought, well, that was... Um, you know, it's been great, and St Kilda as a suburb has been great, so why can't we reignite that and, and look at how things are in this current climate versus, you know, what they were and, and how is the Prince, what changes do we need to make? And, and that's where um, we sort of reimagined the business. Um, and in terms of stages, well, it's, it's taken four years because, because of cash flow and because it's such a significant property, we needed to do it in stages. Yes. The best thing for the business because you can't really, you know, we opened the dining room in, well, first we renovated the hotel and then when we renovated the dining room, that's such the heart of the Prince. So you've got guests staying there, um, have to go down the cantina, but the middle section, you know, you're doing renovations and there's, you know, the builders are starting at seven. Obviously the guests aren't so happy about that. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely moving. And when we opened the dining room, which was formerly Circa, 
um, we started working on the pub. And then that, then once again, you've got jackhammers, you know, people taking out walls. You've got hoarding around the front. It looked close. You had a, we had a skip at the front for about four years, even on Google Street. <laughs> Fantastic! It is nice not to see the skip out the front. So mm. um, it took so long because of the stages, and, and, and also we did a lot of uh, taking out walls and structure, trying to hold. You know, if you're down on the ground floor, you've got four stories above that you're trying to make sure you're holding. So it's been a, you know, I do look back on photos and the stuff goes in fetal position of how much work we've actually done. But you know, now we're open and the numbers are improving. You know, yeah. the feedback I'm getting is amazing. So it's, I don't know if I've answered the question how you're wanting, but it's been, look, we had to. It was, you know, um, I guess, could you have sold it? You know, or I thought we had the opportunity to really make it something and we're starting to see that now. Yeah. Structurally, Andrew, when you were sort of pulling it back and, and refurbing over that period of time, was there something that was just that blindsided you guys that you didn't think structurally that was going to be an issue, but that became, you know, a really big issue that you needed to fix? Yeah, um, <laughs> quite, quite a few. Um, you know, a lot of it was from, even especially out at the pub, having to re, pretty much redo all the services from, you know, wastewater, sewerage, because it was originally an 1860s building mm. and it had been built on and built on. And then in 1936 or 37, when it reopened again, it's, it's the form that you see now, Mm. Uh, they basically just built over the top of the old Victorian building. So it was just, you know, a mess. So because we gutted it, then you got to see it. And, and also, you know, you've got so many people coming through now, so the services back then weren't, weren't adequate. So I guess, yeah, there were certain things of, yeah, um, yeah, probably services were the big one, but certainly taking out walls and just and the amount of work into supporting the beams. And there was a lot of steel that went in there, you know, so. It was, yeah, I bet. Um, you know, it was constant arguments that, Obviously, Jerry and I had, um, because, but now we're seeing it. The flow really works a lot better. You can fit more people in. The dining room was always quite cut off. Yes. You know, very private, which could be nice, but I think at this stage, you've opened it up a lot more now. Um, so when you're closer inside the venue, you, know, you can still see throughout, out into the trees or even towards the water. Um, it's just got a better light feel about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, plenty of little grenades. along the way building like that yeah for sure yeah um do you think obviously you know you've had such a significant career you know in the industry do you think all the other you know um all the other ventures you've been part of have really led to this moment and really helped you um do the prints you know um really well yeah it's sort of um you know i have sort of sat across a, a few different industries and still continue to and i guess you sort of, part of it, you, you know, it's how do you want people to feel, you know, and as a, I guess I always think of myself and, as a customer and, you know, when I'm sitting there, how's it, you know, how's the service, how's it feel, how's it make you feel, why do you feel that way? Um, you know, people are obviously being part of, of those experiences as well. Um, you know, there's a Mike's father-in-law, Brian Goldsmith, who was also well-known, um, pretty much invented nightclubs back in the, I think, the 60s. <laughs> Yes. A very well regarded restaurateur. Um, he always said, well, people of the day call, you know, so, um, and that's been working out of the prints while we're shut. Certainly, you know, you got to see how important that is. So, um, but yeah, so I guess with that, it's, I just, I don't know, you hope, you, I guess it's what interests that you have, um, the style of food you like, and, and getting, and I guess, really building that team. Yeah, I bet. I bet. 
Do you, obviously we're talking about, you know, we're talking about COVID times and how much that's been a challenge for the whole industry, including, you know, um, venues like your own, but do you think there's anything that's positive that's happened during this time to the industry or, or obviously with your group that you didn't? Into yeah, a yes and no. Um, you know, there's, there's probably like anything, you know, you can say people, you know, people's appreciation of hospitality increased, mm. but at the same time, People quickly take things for granted um, and they're there and they'll be complaining. Um, I'm not saying about us, but it could be anything. It's, you know, they forget how hard it's been to gear back up again. You yeah. know, you don't just click your fingers and, okay, we're, we're off. You know, they're still working through, um, you know, I guess, the mountain of debt that you know, a lot of guys are working through. So they're, you know, what deals are working with their suppliers and, um, and, and the big problem is trying to find staff. You know, yeah. it's, 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 that's one of the main issues, I think, of, of, of the current time. But um, so that appreciation was great at the start, like anything you soon get into the way. But I think it's more the creativity of people, um, the resilience, mm-hmm. and becoming a bit more humble and getting back there and just rolling up the sleeves and, and getting into it. So I think, um, you know, for us, the, the ugly duckling, which is a bar that I've got in Richmond, yes, um, you know, we we're, were pretty shattered. And then um, the team decided to look at doing bottled cocktails. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're early on with Providor and and we were doing better than what we were doing when we trade on a great week, you know, sometimes <laughs> up to 40%, which was amazing. Um, so okay. it could have been a situation where we just sat around and, and cried until uh, mm. the guys got off their butts and, and made this great product. And I mean, the issue was I ended up drinking a lot of cocktails myself and put on a little bit of weight, but uh, you know, <laughs> the went up to 16, uh, uh, you know, yeah, different, different ranges of, what types of cocktails, so you know, had to try them all. But that was that was to me a great success story. You know, Provador, what Shane has done with that has been also you know a huge success. Um, I'm involved in a business called Marketplace, which actually built that platform for him. Oh right, yep, that's been fantastic. I think you know I look at the people that have done things as well as you know Jason and Brem from Entrecot. Mm-hmm. You know where they've gone. Um, you know, they, they did that corner store and, and did the branding right and got the shelving and it actually felt like a proper store rather than just some half effort, you know, and then, and then even now, you know, they got furniture and started putting the furniture out on the park and I was like, okay, Paul made a joke that you never thought it'd be a furniture rental, but, you know, <laughs> you do what you've got to do. But, you know, so guys like that, they're inspiring as to, you know, who just tries to look that little bit differently. Um, and sometimes a lot of it's because you had to, you know, it was the only way to survive. Yeah, 100%. So it's probably, you know, to sum up, it's, you know, it's those that thought differently and acted um, and, and the resilience, you know, it's probably the, the two key positive aspects of it. Yeah. Do, do you think because we did have that second lockdown in Melbourne that the, the industry is going to come out a lot stronger with a more resilient kind of crew um, here in Victoria compared to, you know, compared to maybe other other states around around australia or look i I don't know um because there's part of it that you know for me i'm thinking well in terms of that appreciation how difficult it's been that people should value um hospitality pay rather than everyone doing the race to the bottom with discounts here happy hours there you know to try to um you know hold on to that margin because you can't invest in your business if you're not making money or or you're only really just breaking even. So, and that's, you know, what's been the demise of a lot of areas like Fitzroy Street and that in the past is, you know, you, you came with that late night crowd, which is really just a race to the bottom in terms of pricing. So 
and then suddenly they can't they can't improve their their venue um, and then end up how it is. So, but old habits, you know, do die hard, and you're already seeing specials here, specials there, because at the end of the day, you need to bring in business. So, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, we've obviously talked about how the Prince Hotel is a is a real icon in in obviously St Kilda, but but obviously Victoria as a whole. It's got such a rich history, you know, especially especially the fact that it was, you know, really the first venue in, in, in Melbourne to truly embrace, you know, gay and lesbian, you know, culture, um, but also so important for, for locals and tourists, right? Like, and, and I've worked in St Kilda before uh, when I first came to Melbourne and just knew the scene is so much different in St Kilda than really anywhere else in the city. Like, when you've redeveloped this hotel, how have you, how has your team made sure that, you sort of paying homage to that, I suppose, and 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 making sure that still continues to be part of the Prince. Yeah, look, I remember. I think when we first opened the public bar, uh, I forget who I was talking to, but they, you know, sort of, how are you going to attract, you know, the um, the, the the gay market? And I was just like, well, we're just they made you feel welcome, like everyone else. Where the doors are open, we give great service, we make people know that we care. And that's it, you know, we're not suddenly advertising in DNA magazine or we're trying to, you know, it's you know, if you're a like-minded person like all of us and you want to enjoy yourself and your friends and um, like good food and, um, and a great space, well, that's where you know, as, as it always has been, you know, so that's, so it's not really any sort of, well, nothing, you know, it's not rocket science in terms of how we're looking at it. It's just that, you know, we're in the hospitality business. We'd like to think more as hospitality, not service, that we yep. do we try to make sure that you've had a great experience and that you care, you know, that you know that we care and and that you've had a great afternoon, great afternoon, evening, um, or even for a coffee in the morning. So it's yeah. We are very local focused. We're you know, the SB um it's it's been so good to have, you know, those guys there to have Stoke House, you know, the stars are continuing because there's that sense of continuity. Yes. Um you know, but we are different to the SB. They're probably dragging people from further. Is that more that destination? Yep. And we've, I've noticed just now we're seeing it a little bit more, but we really have focused on the, the locals, um, mm-hmm. you know, trying to ensure that, you know, we're not, well, they're not getting forgotten about, that we're trying to reach too broad um, because that's who you've got, you know, day in, day out. So with, with the different um, venues within the Prince, I think there's enough difference of offering. Um, the service levels are still... The same, you know, there might be, you know, the pub you might go up and order at the bar versus, you know, people sit down on a cart upstairs. But um, that that level of quality um, and care is there. So you might want to come twice a week, you know, whether just getting coffee one morning or breakfast or you know, dinner a couple of days later. That's so we're really just trying to keep focus that um, those that are in the area that we're there for. Yeah, um, I just want to touch on that on touch on that local part there, Andrew. Like I've often joked on many podcasts before that a lot of people know their publican better than they know some people in their family, and um, you know, and enjoy going to a pub so much. With with the focus on the local consumer now, like, do you think this is going to be a real renaissance time? Um, you know, for for places like pubs because that you know, that pub down the corner that you always love to go to on a Sunday afternoon and, you know, because you can't travel as far anymore, especially internationally. Like, do you think it's just going to be this real connection point with pubs that people haven't had maybe for a long time? Look, I, I, th- I think so and I hope so. Um, you know, what I did enjoy about um, this, the, I guess the last few months was, you know, that slowing down. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it'd be nice if you could actually have a planned reset week. You know where you were forced to do nothing, 
but you could plan for it. So everyone was, you know, ready for it. But I think there is that, that forced slowdown. Um, it's kind of interesting now asking people what they're doing for holidays, which is not too much because a lot of people are still working through. But um, I, I, I think you appreciate those memories and, and, you know, in times of trouble, you do want to go back to that either the safe place or it's that sense of, you know, how you felt and often that could be catching up with your friends or um, family at, at a pub. So I think there's definitely that, I, I guess, pride in your local area, but it's certainly, you know, I hope for Victoria because, you know, there's, as, as, a, as a state, there's so much great produce, you know, from wine to food. It's so, it's so diverse. As a state, we're, we're pretty much self-reliant, yeah. really. Um, and so I guess for me, it's that wanting people to really appreciate Victoria um, because it was, you know, the last six months have been sort of been made to feel like lepers, really, which is not a nice feeling because, you know, we do have a lot of pride, um, you know, from the amount of events that we have and so forth and, and the amount of people are travelling interstate uh, to come to Melbourne to some of the events are suddenly, um, you know, the telling us to F off and, and we're like a disease. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't good. But um, so I want, I want Victorians to, you know, really keep, I guess, not that bit of hurt, but certainly that pride and really focus on supporting because, you know, there is a lot of great product here um, and we always aim to, to make sure that we're Victorian focused um, because I think, you know, what we produce here is amazing. So look, I've gone around a bit for your question, but I think, um, yeah, I, I think hopefully we'll slow down that people wanting to enjoy and, and catching up again that, They'll certainly be doing it. Their problem. Yeah, I totally agree, um, and I look forward to it. Um, I've got I've got two more questions before I let you go. Um, I'm really curious in such a big venue and such a grand venue as the Prince Hotel is. Um, what's your favourite part of the hotel to sit and have a drink? Hmm. Um, or just your favourite part in general? I do like. Well, we've. <laughs> Just before lockdown, we got these new high tables um, on the balcony. So we had these low seats, and you were sort of sitting quite low. You could really only you couldn't really sit out say over the railing. So we we got these um, tables, and they arrived just after we locked down. I remember my general manager Reg sending me a photo and said, "How good the tables look?" And I'm like, "Yeah, the best looking tables. No one ever going to freaking sit on." <laughs> I didn't know how long we were close for, but um, thankfully we're open now, so it's beautiful because you're sitting there. You can see the palm trees, you can see the water. It nearly feels like you're in Santa Monica. Um, wow. Since you can't travel and you want to feel like you're in the US, come to the balcony room at the, balcony at the Prince. But, so I do like seeing the balcony. Um, also like at the bar, the new bar we put in the dining room. Mm-hmm. Um, and the little Prince, there's a cellar downstairs with a beautiful table that you can sit down there and just have a wine as well. So look, there's depends on what there is because also after a bit, I like to be on the deck and you're sitting on the area and you're overlooking towards the water again on the sunset. Um, and even there's, we've got these new benches at the, uh, in the public bar that haven't been there for, probably for about 50 years. So it's just been, you can look right out into the street. So I guess there's, there's enough depending on what mood you're in. Um, and then winter, you know, I think once again, it changes. You, you want to sit somewhere, it's a bit, bit warmer. But yeah, so I'd probably I'd say uh, the balcony in summer would be my favourite spot. I think that um, sounds like a great place for me to be uh, this weekend. Um, my, my last question before I let you go, Andrew, uh, as we're releasing this at the start of 2021, what are you most looking forward to in 2021 moving forward? Profitability. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, actually having a planned budget that hopefully 
um, doesn't get wiped off completely. But look, that's, I think, you know, important. But I think certainly feel this year, regardless of how difficult, we were trying to sort of lay a few foundations so we're ready, ready for the new year. I didn't want to sit here like a victim or, you know, it, the situation was dire. But there's no point just complaining and, you know, you, you don't need to try and think and you want to feel that you've, you've come out of it with slightly different mindset. But um, so for me, yeah, just seeing this vision finally realised at, at the Prince and that we can, um, you know, promote it properly as, as we can now. But I've got a new Pinot releasing uh, late January, which is a, been a two-year project, which it's a beautiful grape from um, down the peninsula. And then we're opening a new space next to the Ugly Duckling called, uh, at this stage we call it Untitled, which will be a, a double-storey bar restaurant. So that's probably about, yeah, uh, August, oh, sorry, um, about April. Um, and there's a couple of other non-hospitality businesses as well. Uh, and then the other thing is just really spending time with the family. Uh, yeah. Spending time up in the game and water ski and hopefully get to go to Falls Creek this year or next year. So we'll talk 2021 because yes. in, in th- over 30 years I hadn't missed a season. So unfortunately in 2020 I did. But So I look, I'm rambling a little bit. I think there's just so many things. You know, there's work but also personal just to, um, you know, work with some of the pressures once you've got consistency and you can plan and, and roll those plans out gives you that stability to, to relax and also you know enjoy uh, time with the family a bit more rather than always having that, that little thing in the back of your mind <laughs> wondering when everything's just falling apart you know how how, how not to um yeah i guess be too um, distracted rather than just spending time with your kids so that's just some of the things that i'm looking forward to and it sounds like you've got like a busy 2021 i i can't i can't wait to see what you do and i'm really excited for uh, for what's going to happen for you and the rest of the team, um, and I know I know a lot of people here are uh, listening to this and and now wanting to go um, and have a bevy at um, at the Prince Hotel. So what's what's the best way that people can um, book into the Prince Hotel or and stay? Because obviously you've got accommodation there as well, and and obviously where about you guys situated? Yeah, well, um, so I guess it's uh, going to theprince.com.au or, or dialing nine five three six double one double one. Or just walking in and having a bit of a look around. I'll ask someone to take you around. Look, the good thing is everyone's really proud of it. And, yeah. and as I've told all the stuff, it's our time. You, you know, it's, if, even if you look at the dining room from Andrew McConnell, Paul Wilson, mm. uh, Michael Lamy, the amount of chefs that have come through, right. uh, you know, so and we've got some, a great team and, and everyone is really genuinely proud and it's our time. You know, we take our stamp on the prints and, and really, you know, want people to refer back in 20 years. Uh, is really a, a change for, for Melbourne or certainly St Kilda um, hospitality. So, um, yeah, so I guess that's if you just feel free to walk in because someone will be more than happy to take you around. And as always, linked up in the show notes so you can visit the Prince Hotel. Um, Andrew, thanks so much for what you've done for the industry and obviously this fantastic icon. And I can't wait to see what you do in 2021, my friend. Andrew, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much.